When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Strange Familiars. Tonight, I'm going to be talking with Kenny, who has a variety of sleep paralysis experiences, some involving entities. It may or may not be the same entity that he's experienced over time. There's one experience in particular that's really interesting that he describes his consciousness expanding 
to that of the house and to the entity which had entered the house and pinging back and forth between the house and the entity and then his own consciousness. Really, really interesting, and it gets pretty intense. Before I get to Kenny, I'd like to thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you for everything you do. We could not do Strange Familiars without your help. If you like the content we make on Strange Familiars and you'd like to hear more, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Our patrons get ad-free versions of the weekly episodes, plus two full extra episodes of Strange Familiars every month, exclusive to our patrons. Again, if you want to check it out, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All right, let's go ahead and hear my talk with Kenny. All right, tonight we're talking with Kenny, who has some experiences that seem to center, for the most part, around sleep paralysis, which is something that comes up constantly on the show and something I'm very interested in. How are you doing tonight, Kenny? Oh, very well. How are you doing? Doing good. So when did this sleep paralysis stuff start for you? At what age? Oh, I would say around, I want to say like around 11. Oh, really? See, I've talked to some people that have started that young for and I feel so lucky that it didn't start for me till I was in college because <laughs> I was mentally more able to handle it, I think. Yeah. I yeah. think that would have been really scary at that age. Yeah, it was definitely uh, ab- yeah those early experiences. Don't re- I don't remember much of those ones, but yeah, they were. Uh, you just don't know what's going on. You have no frame of reference for for what's happening. Don't know if it's a dream or or what. But mm-hmm. now it's definitely yeah. I've I've I haven't really heard of anyone experiencing it at a young age. Oh, actually, no. I take that back. I think uh, you've had many guests that have spoken about that. A, a few, a handful. Yeah, for okay. most people, it okay. tends to start late teens, but. I've had a few where it started younger. Some where it started like five years old, and I was just like, "Wow, how do you deal with that?" Like, yeah, that, that's intense. <laughs> yeah, it was it was rough when I was eighteen, nineteen, whenever it started for me. Mm. I can't imagine being that much younger. Wow. So, did you have a pretty normal time, or, or when this started, like a pretty normal childhood around the time this started? Um. Well, uh, no, I had a pretty rocky childhood actually. So I don't know if that was like if there was any like trauma induced uh, sleep paralysis but um yeah i don't know if there's a correlation yeah, there or not don't know yeah yeah, yeah. but there's a few experiences i had when i was younger pre the sleep paralysis i mean i could go into that first yeah go like, ahead go okay. ahead why don't we take things chronologically sounds good all right um one of my earliest memories of an experience with something supernatural or or unexplainable was i, th- I think i was about 5 or 6 and we had a room in the back of our house that was being renovated so that myself and my two brothers could move in. It's a very small room, and there's one window in the room. And I just have a very vivid memory of uh, the rooms completely empty because they had, were like painting the walls and putting new carpet in. And there was just the single light coming from the ceiling. And it was at night, and there wasn't a curtain on the window. And I remember walking into the room and just looking at the window and seeing, you know, the outside, which is black. You know, can't see outside. And I remember walking all the way up to the window and pressing my face to the glass 
and these two yellow eyes opened up like right in front of me and I remember feeling and this actually this feeling is kind of a reoccurring theme in my experiences where it it felt like the sound of fingernails on a chalkboard was like resonating through my body mm. and feeling like completely exposed on top of that and that I don't recall if anyone was in the room with me or you know I, I don't even remember if I told my parents or siblings about about it at the time but it's so far back in my memory you know who's to say if it was a dream or not but I recall it being very real yeah so this was on the outside on the other side of the glass correct yes and do you remember how high up that window was from the ground? So uh, that window, actually, if you were to, let's see, from the base of the window to the ground, it was like half a foot because that back room was set a little uh, into the ground. Mm -hmm. When I moved into that room in my later teenage years, that was it was an easy room to sneak out of you know, through that window. <laughs> have to, you know, it was just literally kind of squatting out the window and taking off. So. Valuable commodity for a teenager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, the, the yellow eyes, did they, were they like glowing yellow? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were like a bright yellow. They were very round. I recall them being like massive. Hmm. But that could, that, you know, like it could have just been being so young, not having a good frame of reference for size. <laughs> Right. If I were to give a guess, they were maybe like one inch in diameter. Yeah, I guess there could have been an animal there, you know, reflecting light out of its eyes or something. I. It possibly. I mean, yeah. and uh, with all these stories that I have, I don't claim to know any like what it is. It's right. just I know I experienced it. You know. Yeah. And yeah. who knows? But. Yeah, I mean, and that said, there's usually a reason these things stick with people, you mm -hmm. know, more than like. You know, I saw a dog looking in the window or whatever, you know. Yeah, I actually found out later, and that kind of ties into this, um, my mother has been, she has these stories that I need to kind of, you know, uh, I wanted to write them down, but she's actually said that she's like fought sleep paralysis and fought like demons that have been coming after her like her entire life. Oh, wow. Um, which is, um, and I've heard her tell those stories growing up and I was like, well, whatever. Um, not taking it seriously, but only recent recently did whenever she brought it up again, you know, did I realize I'm like, oh, wait, this is something I'm interested in. And I should ask her more about this, you know. Yeah. When you started having sleep paralysis, did you speak to her about it and like have no, any sort of no? No. Nah, well, I don't really recall. I the, the only time I brought up anything was I remember having sleep paralysis. I think around like maybe it was around eleven or twelve. And I remember waking up, like, floating in the bed. Oh, wow. And, like, screaming and then, like, re-waking up. Now, that like, it felt – it had all the hallmarks of, like, sleep paralysis where I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. But I did – I recall the impact of, like, falling back onto the bed. And I remember – I did tell my mother about that, and she got freaked out and was told me I need to stop watching all the – non-christian movies that i was trying to watch <laughs> was like, she took it seriously but <laughs> yeah yeah and then this one i was i was running this one past my dad uh the other day i can't believe he doesn't remember it but i have a, a i want to say it was around maybe eight or nine he had a tendency to like come in to my room around like one in the morning and wake me up to like watch a movie or just do something 
you know, like hang out in the kitchen, disrupt my sleep. Just, I don't know. It was just something I think he found entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he woke me up one time and I saw this, uh, this is in a separate room where, um, I was in my top, the, I was in a bunk bed and I was on the top bunk and he woke me up and on the opposite side of the room, there's a large window. It's maybe about seven feet across, six or seven feet across by like, a three feet high, three feet tall. So it's a pretty large room. There's a pretty large window and you can see out into our yard. We had a fairly big yard and we lived in a valley. But I recall this light, this red light in the sky that was, I I feel like it was blinking, but the size of it didn't make sense. It was as if like it was maybe... From my vantage point, it was like six inches across. Maybe that's too big. Maybe like three inches across in diameter. And it was like this red reflector light that was blinking. And when I noticed it, I pointed it out to my dad, and he he didn't see anything. I'm like, no, it's right there. And I remember getting out of uh, the bunk bed and like walking to the window and noticing that it was actually kind of more up in the sky. And he never saw it. I thought he was playing a joke on me. You know, I thought maybe he had like a laser pointer or something, mm-hmm. but it that doesn't track with like how big it was and like where it was located. Right. Yeah. And I brought it up to him recently. He doesn't remember that happening at all. Oh wow! Like you know, that, or that I brought it up. You know, like he doesn't recall that time of the light in the sky or that you know. So it's a little strange when one person sees something, one one person doesn't. But we get it so often here that it's not unheard mm-hmm. of at all. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense that some see it and some don't, I guess. It I makes guess. zero sense, but it happens. No, you're right. It makes zero sense. <laughs> Those are the only two, or the only few, like, memories I have as a kid of odd things. I was trying to, like, write everything down, and I know there's a few I'm missing. There was one time I was driving down, it's in my early 20s now, just driving towards my parents' house. And this happened so fast that I couldn't really react. Like I didn't have an emotional reaction to this, but I saw like an apparition of a woman in the road just appear. And I drove through the apparition and I saw its face come all the way up to my face. Oh, and, like, wow. And then it, and, and, but it happened so fast that I couldn't react to it. It just yeah. happened so quickly. And I was like, well, that happened. I'll catalog that as weird. Wow. Yeah, that was a weird one. That was that was definitely strange. So did um, it did it have any particular look to it? Like just kind of it almost looked like it was like I feel like I've seen it in a movie somewhere. It looked so like it but yeah, it just looked like a it looked like a young woman in kind of a white gown. Mm-hmm. And it was just in the road. And it got closer as I drove th- through it. But the the, sh- the the more shocking part was that the face became like more clear as it met with my face. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So when it was in the road, did you think a person was in the road or does it? No, it no, seemed... it, it just happened. It's like I was, it was, it appeared there. It's not like I turned a corner and it was just there. Oh, okay. Was, you were coming was... down the road and there's a figure in the road and you were headed towards it. No, I was like just, that. there was just open road right there. And I'm just looking ahead at the road and it just appeared right there. Oh, wow. Maybe like 20 feet out. Mm-hmm. And I just drove through it and had no time to react. Oh, yeah, and then there's one more that's right with my teenage years. 
I don't know. I could, I could chalk this one up to just being tired, but I was uh, staying up late trying to get a project for uh, high school done, uh, and I procrastinated and was uh, – it was maybe about 2 or 3 in the morning, and I'm working in the kitchen in my parents' house, and out of the corner of my eye, it's a doorway in the kitchen, and that's to my right, and through that doorway is kind of a long living room. And I saw this, what appeared to be a figure, walk from, how do I describe it? It walked from one end of the room to the other. I'm trying to th- like describe it spatially, I guess. So I saw this figure walking across the room, not towards me, but parallel with me, with the way I was facing, as if it was headed towards the door to exit the house. And it happened, I saw it once and looked over, nothing was there. And went back to uh, working on the project, and maybe 10 minutes later, I saw it again, going in the same direction. I was like, I'm just tired. But then I saw it a third time, but it had switched directions and walked from the front door of the house and then out towards the wall where there's nothing, like no way to exit, and then like through the wall. Same house that where you saw everything else? Yep, right. yep same house. And yeah. As much as you're comfortable, where is this? You can be as general as you want. Oh, yeah. This is in uh, – I'm from Pittsburgh. The house is in Cheswick, which is uh, uh, maybe 25 minutes north of the city. Okay. It's a strange house, actually. It was uh, built in three parts over the years, and it was a house uh, that they actually, during Prohibition, they used it to make alcohol. Hmm. Their front was, um, it was a mushroom farm. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's what, like, what they what they would make. Then there was like a laundromat service out of there, but it's tucked, so it's like tucked deep in the woods there. That it just seems like no business would ever run out of there. But they mm. were like, yeah, yeah, it's an odd house. The previous owner is friends with my father. He actually told me a story about that house where there was a um, a register or the a heating duct. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, He recalls when he was young lifting up the heating duct and sticking his head down in there and seeing a face of fire rise up towards him. Oh, wow. So these yeah. are like the like the big single register in the middle of the floor, that kind of thing. Yeah, these they were actually. So when he described it to me, I couldn't find the register he was talking about because our registers are like tucked on the side of the wall with like a, and it has like a metal grate over it, mm-hmm. and, but it's like a it's like a forty five degree angle, and you lift that up, and then you look down it, and you can see the duct that traces alongside the wall, right, and then down, you know. So I don't know which one he was referring to, but in hmm. some of the old houses, and um, you find this in Pennsylvania and and not too many other places that I've been. I think Ohio has them. The older heating systems were just one big heat grate in the middle of the floor. Oh, interesting. And they might have changed the heating system to like a newer heating system by the time you moved in, and that mm-hmm. might have been what he's talking about. I'm not sure, but they yeah. were definitely big enough to where you could take the grate off and stick your head down in there. Yeah, yeah. The house is weird. It was three different houses mashed together over over decades, mm-hmm. and um, it's got a lot of history unto itself. Yeah, I'm glad I remembered that about my father's friend, the previous owner, because it seems like there there may be something lingering around the house itself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you're getting older, does the sleep paralysis become more frequent? Yeah, so um, I've had it so many times that they, like... They kind of all blended into one, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like picking that. them all out. It definitely became more frequent through high school, and it was always just the 
becoming aware that I can't move. And it would always happen either when I'm waking up or just going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night with sleep paralysis, but it was usually as I was mostly when I was drifting off into sleep or after I woke up and was just kind of snoozing, you know, trying to fall back into sleep is usually when it would happen. Right. And it was always, uh, you can't move. That's the first thing that I would notice. And there was like this sense of foreboding and like dread and the, just the anxiety of not being able to move on top of that and the feeling of something else being there, like doing it to me, mm-hmm. um, which is I know is very common for people that have sleep paralysis. I don't recall many entities being around, if any, whenever I was younger, like in my teenage years, it was mainly just the fact that I was scared that I can't move, you know? And that would usually just taper off into a dream and then I don't remember anything else. Or use every ounce of my being to, to like move, you know, I'd like twitch a leg or something and then I could move again. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I did notice a correlation between not getting good sleep and sleep paralysis coming on I think, uh, more frequently. Yeah, I more think there was a correlation there. Yeah. yeah, throughout most of my 20s, but mainly in my early to mid-20s. There we go. Early to mid-20s. That is whenever it was at its height, where I was getting sleep paralysis like almost every night, and it would be multiple times. As I'm trying to fall asleep, I'd get it like five or six times in a row. Wow. And yeah, it it got to the point where it wasn't like the novelty of it kind of wore off in the sense like I knew it was going to happen, but every time it did, it still was terrifying. Mm-hmm. But it got to the point where I was like, okay, wh- like what is going on? What the like what is this? <laughs> And I tried to do, I guess, some kind of experimentation with it, just kind of playing with it to see what would happen. And I think I, I said in the email the uh, that I had uh, messed around with the astral projection. So I, my boyfriend at the time handed me a book about astral projection, so I was reading through that, and it was he was talking about different techniques to try and project out of your body while mm-hmm. conscious. And I never was able to achieve that, but what I got from it was really great re- uh, relaxation techniques and learning how to just be aware of every part of my body. And it's, it's at the end of the day, it just seems like simple meditation, breathing techniques and f- focusing on every part of your body until you have encapsulated your awareness around your entire body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in doing that, it just puts you in a nice deep state and you can you can fall asleep. The entities, though, there's one time I remember falling into the sleep paralysis and being stuck, and I could, like, see... Actually, the awareness thing's important in how I tell the story, because when when I'm in sleep paralysis, I know my head isn't moving, but I can see things around the room. How? Yes. I, you know? I know exactly what you mean, I, and I try to put that together, and I'm like, how is that... Mm-hmm. It is so odd. Yeah. But yeah, you can just become a, like just aware of what is around you and you can see the room that you're in from different perspectives as if, you know, your eyes, your eyeballs have been detached from you and are moving around, you know. I thought it was always cool because the room is it's essentially the room I know, but it seems like it's illuminated from a light from like no light source. Yeah. That makes sense. Like I can't see the street light coming in or the moonlight or any you know it's yeah. there's it's just colors and light emanating from just random places see that's when i had my thing with the entities i was in an interior room that was pitch dark like you couldn't see a thing in it mm-hmm. and in that experience there was 
enough light to see clearly what was going on. Not only that, but I was half turned on my side and I could see perfectly who was next to me or what was next to me, whatever those things were. So everything you're saying is checking boxes for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. And I hadn't <laughs> even thought about the light, honestly, until you said that. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I could see yeah. perfectly. Yeah, how is that? Yeah. <laughs> Explain that. Yeah, but I remember one time, so I was living in Troy Hill, which is just right, it's in the city limits. And I was living on the third floor. Uh, that's where my room was. And one of the entities that I would run into, I don't know if it was the same one or, or, or multiples, I remember being in the sleep paralysis and feeling like being aware of uh, the room around me. And I think actually in this case, uh, I could see out of like the left corner of my eye, the corner of the room. And it was very dark in that corner, even though I could see the rest of the room with this like light emanating from seemingly nowhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the corner of the room was very dark and my eyes adjusted and I saw this black creature kind of a humanoid looking creature two arms and two legs but it was too large for the room so its hips were just maybe like a foot below where the wall and the ceiling meet in the corner of the room and its body was scrunched up on the ceiling with its arms spread out like kind of holding up holding its almost like it was like holding the room up in a way right yeah yeah, my eyes adjusted. I could I could make out that, and, and then it could see it for what it was. This like black entity that's like too big for the room, and that freaked me out. Um, and then I just told myself to move, you know. And I would usually like wiggle a toe, wiggle a toe, or like shift shoulders, you know, something. You try it a few times, and nothing would work. And eventually, it break the spell, you could say. Mm-hmm. And every time I would have sleep paralysis, as soon as I could move, it was over. Like it, everything went back to normal instantly. There was no, like, lingering. So that entity, I don't know if it was the same, like I said, but I guess I'll lead into my the main story. This was wild. This was, <laughs> this was the most intense one, the most intense sleep paralysis I've experienced. But let me interrupt you before we move on. From the, oh, I, go ahead. The, yeah, sure, sure, sure. The giant thing. Could you see any other details in it, or was it just black? It was – I could – like, it had – Okay, I got to use my descriptive words here. It had like a slim waist and kind of muscular thighs. I couldn't make out like muscle tone, but I could make out like the silhouette of muscle tone. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't make out really toes or fingers, but it had long feet and its arms. I don't recall like what its fingers or hands were like. I just recall that I can make out that it was this tall like I guess slender kind of like mm-hmm. skinny entity and it was almost like perfectly hidden in the shadow in a sense and until I like like I noticed the the legs first um it kind of stood out from the shadow the midsection then the arms came into focus and then I finally like got up to the head which I mean it's just a standard oval shaped head but it was mostly like this silhouette of a of this gangly large oversized black thing <laughs> so you couldn't see any details in the face no no details in the face eyes at all nope no eyes just black head that, yeah and that, that scared me more because it's like i like i don't know where like i i know it can see me and i can see it but i can't i can't find its eyes you know yeah like that's yeah. they they're not there that that was kind of creepier 
and in some way. You saw this entity more than once? It's hard to say. I haven't seen that entity in that form um, okay. All right. since. Like, I haven't seen the oversized black creature mm-hmm. that can't fit the room ever again. Like, I haven't seen, you okay. know. Um, All right. So it's just that one's very interesting to me. I, I, it's a real powerful image, something standing in the corner and kind of spread out across the ceiling and trying to disguise itself as a shadow. Kind of, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it, actually, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite an image. Okay, sorry. So moving on to these more intense experiences, I suppose. Where to begin? So we've established the sleep paralysis and the astral projection bit. I'll kind of go into what that entailed. I kind of briefly touched on it, but I would, uh, while I'm laying in bed, just focus on my breathing and then ping or bounce or ping my awareness to my feet, then to my knees, then to my hands and my shoulders and my face and just ping that like that awareness back and forth enough so that it I don't notice the transition of me focusing on one part of my body or the other mm-hmm. to the point to the point that uh I'm just aware of my entire body and it becomes just a uh, natural you know mm-hmm. to be aware of that and that's important for later in the story so i don't know what time it was probably like one in the morning or so actually this was this was a time where i it wasn't me falling asleep or waking up i just woke up in sleep paralysis okay and so let's say it's one in the morning i, I don't recall the time but i recall waking up and being in sleep paralysis i can't move and I have just the anxiety of, of not being able to move. And I'm like, this is kind of normal. But then I notice there's this dark like uh, presence that's outside of the house. And it's on the street in front of our house. And I'm on the third floor now. So like this is down below. I don't see it necessarily. I just feel that it's out there. And the moment I feel that it's out there, it's it was like instantaneous. I was I was scared because if I acknowledged that I knew it was out there, I it would know that I knew it was out there. But, you know, like my fear betrayed me and I had a some kind of reaction to it being out there and that I was scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as soon as that happened, that entity knew that like knew where I was and knew what I was like that I was stuck up there. And it started moving into the house and like making its way all the way up to me. So we met in, in at Cryptid Bash in West Virginia. Did you tell me this story then? I don't know if I told you this story. I may have briefly touched on it. I think I just said that I uh, have experienced a lot of sleep paralysis. Because it sounds so familiar. I'm wondering if somebody else didn't tell me a very similar story. Um, anyway, I remember someone telling me that they could sense the entity outside of their house. And as soon as they sort of made contact and or, or it knew that they sensed it or something it, it came in so mm-hmm. uh I've, it may I've, yeah I, I, it may have been me yeah that was a we had a we briefly met mm-hmm. and i was like oh this is cool i listened to your podcast here and i probably just said a bunch of stuff was just like yeah, Here's maybe, all these maybe that was so. it because it's it's ringing some bells it's definitely like oh this sounds familiar would you say it sounds strange familiar <laughs> strangely familiar yes <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sorry i interrupted you again so this thing senses you, sense it, in other words. Yes. Comes into the house, and do you know it's coming into the house? Like, do you, do you sense that as well? Yes, and that's where it gets weirder in what we mean by sense. Okay. 
So when it came into the house, as, as we talked about earlier, you can see in sleep paralysis, you can see different parts of the room, even though you're stationary. Uh, from You can see things from different perspectives. But as soon as it kind of crossed the threshold of the front door, my awareness of, the, of, of myself expanded to the entire house. Wow. Which is very strange. Like it was and it was an odd feeling. It's an understatement. <laughs> I was like the house, if that makes sense. That's I became I became, my awareness became the house. That is really wild. And I could feel the weight of it walking through the house as if I was like the floorboards and when it was like brushing up against the sides of walls, I could feel it brushing up against the sides of the walls. Oh, wow. And it was so strange. And once this kicked off, like once, once I could feel the house and feel it coming inside, there was this uh, kind of oscillating frequency that started like, that was like triggered. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it started off like at about that pace. And as it moved closer to me, that, that sped up that frequency. It would whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, wow. um, so it had to make it, it had to go up two flights of stairs. So it went, it got up the first flight of stairs and then had to turn a 180 and then another 180 and go up the third flight of stairs to go up into the, uh, into the attic or the third floor where I was. And, it was so strange witnessing it make its way up. Like I said, I could feel it on, like I could feel it, its weight on the floorboards. I could feel it rubbing up against the walls. I could see it from different places in the house, different angles. But the only thing I can recall is its legs being just like black, dark legs Mm -hmm. with no real detail. And so it's, it, the visualization of it is so strange because it was so intertwined with just my f- the feeling of it, the awareness that it was there. It's it's a bit hard to describe, but what the new thing <laughs> uh, that I had never experienced this before up until this point is I could see, I could like see what it saw, I could see through its perspective oh. walking up the steps, and then that was a new thing, and that would I would my my awareness would kind of ping into its point of view and then back to me and then back to the house to the weight of it walking up the stairs to it brushing against the wall back to its perspective back to me being stuck in the room and as this is happening that like whoa 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 is speeding up but my awareness is like also pinging in that rhythm Hmm. across everything like ding 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 you know just jumping around from it to the stairs to me to the walls, to the floorboards, and it made its way up to the third set of stairs, and it, everything started speeding up. This pinging started really kind of spinning around, uh, this awareness pinging, and it got to the third set of stairs, and it almost felt like an eternity. That's a little strong, but it, walking up those stairs, like I know how, it was like 11 stairs it had to walk up, but it seemed like that staircase lasted forever because it kept it was like making its way up the staircase and it was getting faster and faster. But at the time, I even like noted like that's a long. It was almost comical like how much longer the stairs were. <laughs> <laughs> like looking back on it, and as it got up to the top of the stairs, it had to pass through 
I don't know if this is like a common Pittsburgh thing. I know I've seen this in other houses in Pittsburgh, but I had a roommate that uh, lived in the room at the top of the stairs. But to get to my room, you have to pass through his room to get to mine, right? So it had made its way up to his room. And at that point, everything's like, whoa, 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 moving faster. Like our awarenesses are like oscillating back and forth very quickly to the point that they're almost like about to sync up. And I recall being aware of myself in the room, not being able to move. I could like see myself in the bed. And at the same time, I could see from its perspective moving towards the door that's separating us. So I could see the door from my perspective and the entity's perspective at the same time, which was strange. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it was he was moving at a super fast pace and everything was oscillating very fast. And once he breached the door, it like swung open and it like it oh man <laughs> it's still freaky to think about so once it breached the door then i saw everything from my perspective and then this entity came at me and as soon as it made contact with me i felt like hands pushing down on my body like all over my body just like holding me down like handprints or like you know hands like palms mm -hmm. just like pushing all over my limbs and then the sounds I heard, was it, like that oscillating disappeared. And I heard this, like a combination of sounds. The closest thing I can describe it to is, do you remember the Power Rangers show from the early 90s? Oh, I didn't see much of it. I've been too old for that. But I, I remember it was on. My, I think my nephews watched it. I probably saw some, some episodes with them. So there is, um, there are these like creatures on there. They call them putties. They're these like gray henchmen. And they make this sound like, okay. right? That's what I heard in my, like, like right up in my ears. Like something was like, these things were making this noise. And I heard, I heard and felt that same feeling that I did when I saw those yellow eyes as a kid, which is like the sound of nails on a chalkboard, but it was like resonating through my body. Mm -hmm. And I felt like as if my skin was like ripped off, like I was totally exposed and these things are pressing down on me. And yeah, and so I was freaked out. It, it, then it was over, basically. I'd like forced myself to move, and then it was like nothing happened. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Do you remember anything more about the way this thing looked once it got to you? No, I have like no clear memory of like its form or its shape i just remember its legs and it's maybe its feet mm-hmm. pressing down on the floor bo- floorboards but yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't have a <laughs> good memory of what it looked like oh that's fine it was it was just like a weird awareness of it mm-hmm. i hope i'm describing this well well i mean it sounds intense so i'm replaying I... it i'm replaying it right now it's like geez it's just it was very intense <laughs> yeah you're getting the intensity across at least for me so. cool <laughs> That was it as far as uh, that experience went. I was just so floored by the being able to feel the house and my awareness jumping from myself to the entity, right. seeing it from its eyes, yeah. which was just odd. And it like ramped up. Uh, it's just the pace of it going from like, whoa, 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 you know, and then we like met at a like fever pitch. Mm-hmm. At the time, where do you file that away? Do you just go, oh, that's another sleep paralysis thing? Or do you go, oh, something more is going on here? Uh, well, I would... Uh, I think I file that as just another sleep paralysis episode. Mm-hmm. The most intense one for me. I mean, maybe it's more. Maybe it's... I mean, it, like, it, it was the most out there. It was the most... Yeah. Um, it was the most unique of the sleep paralysis that I've had. So, yeah, I, <laughs> how would I categorize that? I wouldn't say it's other. It wouldn't. It's not other in the sense that it's like separate from sleep paralysis. I think it's still an experience that's contained in sleep paralysis. Yeah, it's certainly woven in with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I've had other sleep paralysis that just get. It's less with entities, but more just me trying to get out of sleep paralysis. I've like crawled out of my body in sleep paralysis and like my fiance she uh she's aware of my sleep paralysis and she'll like she knows the telltale signs of when i'm stuck and she'll like move my leg or like you know try and shake me out of it but there have been times early on in our relationship where i'd be in sleep paralysis and like screaming at her to wake me up like shake me come on get me up and she's like totally unaffected sitting there and i can see her awake sitting there like not doing anything but there were times where like i crawled out of my body like at least the top half of my body sat up and i'm like pushing myself against the wall 
that's right. The bed, you know, the, the bed's up against the wall, and I'm like pushing my body against the wall to try and like get myself out of my body to wake myself up. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually, I don't say wake myself up, but like be able to move because we. This is it's different than being asleep, you know. But just getting myself to move, and I can see her watching TV or reading a book or something, and I'm like trying to get her to wake me up. Huh. And then I come to, and I'm just laying in that just a regular position, you know, and I. The, that almost seems stranger to me than the entity coming in because I'm like actively crawling out of my body somewhere or somehow and it feels so real and then I snap out of it and I'm still just laying down yeah. and I and I grill her I'm like did I what did I do what did I did I say anything <laughs> did I move like what and she's like nope you went mm, mm, you just made noises made groaning noises <laughs> mm, yeah yeah I'm like oh that's so uneventful from your side of it <laughs> <laughs> My wife wakes me up when I start making those noises, which I'm happy for. Yeah. Yes. It's helpful. So you're still getting sleep paralysis today? Yeah, I still get it. Uh, the last time I had it, I was laying down on the couch. That's another place I, I seem to get it. Uh, or I, oh, I just remembered another entity. Wow. Thank oh, God. Bring it. Ooh, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. 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 So I was staying at a friend's house. This is in my early 20s. And... I was sleeping on his couch in his basement. That's another place I would get it a lot is couches. Or if I was, if I was sleeping somewhere I wasn't used to, mm-hmm. I'd definitely get it in those conditions. And I remember laying on his couch, and it's it's in the basement. There's like, you know, maybe a nightlight or some some light in the laundry room that's on, and like the some clock light. I remember laying there and becoming aware that I'm in sleep paralysis. And I'm not able to move. And I could see the room around me, but only from my perspective. This wasn't like, I'm, you know, my awareness is floating around or anything. My point of view was stuck to where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking up at the ceiling and out of the corner of my eye, I can see the rest of the basement. And I saw, I th- maybe this all was the same entity, but I saw a large black entity that was just as tall as the room would allow it. <laughs> Like its head, its its head was up at the ceiling, and it was like looming over me. And I remember, like, shifting my eyes over, looking over it to it through the corner of my eyes, and seeing it, and just being terrified, and just staring at it. And then I snapped out of it. But this time around, when I came out of it, my eyes were actually open. And what was so weird was the room at the time had that mystery illumination that we had spoken about earlier. Mm -hmm. But when I was coming out of the sleep paralysis, the room took on, I don't know. I don't know if you've taken any like psychedelics in your life or, um, but the room took on this very uh, psychedelic look where the walls were bending Mm -hmm. and there was colors and weird, weird swirls. It like, it like phased into this, what I would liken to, being on acid or, or mushrooms or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it phased into that and then uh, morphed into uh, just the way the, the basement was mm-hmm. as it ex- exists currently. So that was a weird one because my eyes were open for that. Like I, I don't recall opening my eyes after that. They were just, they were already open. So as the room is sort of, um, you know, melding or, or transforming, yeah. you know, the entity is gone at that point though? Yeah, it's, as soon as I was afraid of it, 
and I saw it was there, and it saw me. Um, I had a moment of panic. I was like, what do I do with this? And then the room started shifting. Mm-hmm. And it started morphing or melting back into normal state. And as it started shifting, the entity shifted away with it. And no details in this entity either, just a nope. black form. <laughs> just mm-hmm. a black form, yeah. yeah. But I did. I mentioned that I was I had it so frequently, the sleep paralysis, that I would try and experiment with it. I was like maybe 24. I would uh, get off of work. And at the time, I was in a band. We were playing shows. I was staying up. My sleep schedule was all out of whack. I would get home from work in the afternoon, like 5. And I'd go up to my room and... I had a tendency to just lay on my floor and then take a nap and just fall asleep. And there was one time where I was laying on the floor and I started falling into sleep paralysis. And it kept happening and I would shake myself out of it. There was was no entity or anything. It just it just kept happening maybe five or six times over. So while it was happening, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to play around with it. Um, so I kept my eyes open as much as I could. And I would fall into the sleep paralysis with my eyes open and my my perspective of the room would shift hmm. and go into this weird, like kind of like that weird psychedelic state that I yeah. described earlier. And it would happen. It was so cool, actually. It would when I drop into the sleep paralysis, it would uh, it would only last for maybe a second, but it would happen kind of over and over again. So it would kind of pulse like with that frequency uh, from from my previous experience yeah, yeah. where it would drop in. And my roommate at the time who lived in that uh, the room I had to go in through to get to mine, um, he was making music. And I could hear his – oh, yeah, that's right. I could hear his music and I was staring at the ceiling fan that was spinning. And when I would drop into the sleep paralysis, the fan would just be like, whoa, 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 whoa. But when I would drop into it, it would go like, whoa, 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 whoa. It would have this very intense noise, and then his music that he was like mixing at the time would also shift into this like just distortion. Mm-hmm. So you could say that the sound I was hearing was distorted, and the, and what I was taking in visually was also distorted. That was really cool. That wasn't so scary. That was more just like, well, this is interesting. You yeah, know? Well, I think you know what you described before. You know, trying to go out of body, whether you had any success with it or not, though. And those general meditative techniques might help with sort of discerning that you are in sleep paralysis and, and you know, this is a this is going on. Whereas for me and it's the same thing with my dreams. I was this like I don't know whether I'm just a naive or credulous or just, you know, ready to believe, but Something happens in the you know I'm I'm in a dream and like weird dream things happen like you know I don't know there's a there's a basement on an airplane or something you know like yeah or, mm-hmm. or you know I'm I'm on a train and and I step off and into the kitchen or something you know into the kitchen yep. at that, my house and I'm just take it in stride I'm just like oh yeah that's okay you know <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my wife is always like no that's how you know you're dreaming when those things happen and then she can go you know she can do lucid dreaming and stuff I've never been able to and and I've always thought uh-huh. like well it's just because I'm ready to believe anything. Whenever I'm in a dream, whatever's <laughs> happening, I'm just like, okay, this is happening. You know, oh, yeah, Bigfoot yeah. sleeping in my sister's room. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Why not believe it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it would serve me better to be more incredulous or not. I'm not sure. It's weird. Uh, I've I've had lucid dreams uh, only a handful of times. And I tried, like, techniques where you, uh, where you, like, during 
your waking life during the day, you just look at your hands and you confirm that they are your hands Mm -hmm. and that you can move them. I read somewhere that letters and numbers in dreams tend to not make sense. So if you're in a dream and you happen to be writing something down and the letters don't make sense, that can be a way to trigger you into knowing that you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. Um, And that happened to me where I was washing my hands in my dream and the water was like going through my hands. I'm like, that's not right. And then I immediately I was like, oh, okay, this is a dream. And what was actually hard was to keep keep that focus because I was like, okay, I'm dreaming. I look at my surroundings. I don't remember what the dream was. I was just in a building or something. And I'm like, okay, what do I do next? And I'm like, I'll, I'll jump up in the air and try and stay floating. Mm-hmm. I'll do that and it kind of works. But then the dream itself takes over and I get, you know, I go back into believing what I see, you know. Mm. <laughs> That's cool. So she she can does she do that often? I don't she know how often she does it, but she she said she when she can tell she's dreaming, you know, she can she can lucid dream. She usually chooses to fly. I think she says. She That's yeah. Fly. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a. Well, I still do have a recurring dream where I, um, I'm usually walking with some friends, walking down the sidewalk, and I jump up in the air and I'm suspended maybe six feet in the air for you know, half a second. And then I land and I'm like, Oh, I, I, I keep forgetting. I know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then I can jump progressively higher and higher and I'm suspended in the air longer and longer. And then I'm jumping over buildings. That's all. Yeah. That's just a dream, just a reoccurring dream, but, um, they are fun. So what is your general perspective on sleep paralysis? Is it just a side effect of sleep or do you think there's something other capital O other kind of, invading or or uh, you know like uh, messing around with us uh, i'm so agnostic on it <laughs> yeah i kind of like not trying to f- take a stance on what it is mm-hmm. That's but fair. there is i have read about sleep paralysis i guess from the scientific side of things where it's when your body goes into rem sleep your your body will shut down and you won't I, I think it paralyzes itself so you don't act out your dreams in, in real life yeah, yeah. Um, and people who ha- are sleepwalkers mm-hmm. and they walk in their sleep uh, that part of their brain is not functioning so they end up acting out their dreams and they you know can be can be dangerous to them and so they, uh, from that side of it I'm like okay yeah that makes sense. You know, and if, if uh, at, at the times when I was really sleep deprived or my, my sleep schedule was not like, you know, was was not what it should be, I would think that I was falling into REM sleep instantly. Mm-hmm. So I'd just pass over the whole fading into sleep and go right into REM sleep, which is that deep dream state. And so, uh, but it would happen so fast that I was still awake for it. Yeah. You know, so th- that explanation, that makes sense to me, but also it's not totally, it's not a totally satisfactory explanation because it's it it's so wild what you can experience mm-hmm. in sleep paralysis that i'm you know it's maybe it's the other coming in and invading and it notices you and just wants to see what's up or the human brain is just so powerful it can imagine whatever it wants you know yeah, i mean and it could be Which, a handful of both you know or a handful of both yeah doesn't have to be either or I don't know. I remain agnostic about it. Uh, My only feeling on it not being dreams is, and, you know, this comes after me saying how ready I am to believe in dreams, but at the same time, like, there's a different feeling to dreams 
then there is the sleep paralysis experience. Absolutely. Yes. I do think they are separate. Like, I don't think the normal dream, when you're normally dreaming, you don't know you're dreaming. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. But then sleep paralysis, the fact you're aware, either you're awake for the the show when you, uh, when you're not supposed to be or, or whatever. It's definitely a completely different feeling. It feels very real. Yeah. I've described it as like realer than real or, or more awake than awake. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's odd. The realer than real, I like that. I've heard you uh, bring that up in a lot of your shows. Um, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. The When I saw those eyes, those yellow eyes in the window, that felt realer than real. Because mm-hmm. the memory, like, sticks with me. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it, I don't think they're the same as dreams. Definitely not. Like I said, I remain agnostic about it. That's totally fair. I. You know, and I've had people tell me, like, look, you know, sleep paralysis is so common. The fact that you have so many guests that have had paranormal experiences and also sleep paralysis is there's, you know, you can't really make a correlation of that. But boy, the number of people who have had something paranormal happen who also have sleep paralysis is mm-hmm. is incredibly high. Yeah. So uh, yep. I, it's hard for me not to see a connection there. Why or what? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. but I just feel like there's a connection there. Like if I was had had to weigh in on my own, th- I would say it's something other. In the same way that when people have out of body experiences, they say like it's, it's like all of a sudden these other things can just they're just aware of them, and I think it's very similar to that. Like mm-hmm. when you go into sleep paralysis, these other things are like like oh hey, there's somebody I can go visit yeah. or, or mess with or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I like to entertain that side of it. If I was going to lean into one side, I do like the idea. It do, it definitely feels like that, where it's like, oh, I've I've I'm now open into whatever this plane of existence or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's just other beings out there doing their thing, and they're like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think it plays into it where that there's something so powerful about the recognizing that something else is there, and it the moment you recognize it, it recognizes you. Mm-hmm. Is it there's like a transfer of knowledge or something? That's like the key. It's like you have to recognize it, and then it it knows exactly where you are and can get right to you. you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. But as we're talking, I'm remembering other things. My fiance, she actually grew up in York, and when we, my old roommate, he actually turned me onto your podcast, and right, it was early on. Whenever you were had your first couple episodes about Site Seven, mm-hmm. and. My roommate was describing the episode to me, and my uh, fiance, my girlfriend at the time, fiance now, she, she like just heard the the context clues of like where it was, and she's like, I think I know where a lot of these places are that he's describing because she like, grew up in the area, mm-hmm. and then she's she's like, I think we could figure out where site seven is. I'm like, yeah, but he said don't don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> the local people have, have have figured it out from clues. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, um, there's couple reasons you know it's it's not public land uh, mm-hmm. toad road now is is a state park so oh, I, it is oh. yeah yeah so people can can go visit that so you know I, I used to warn people off of that but that's a state park now so go ahead mm-hmm. although there is there's parts of it you got to be careful and it's fair game now or at least most of it but uh, this is it's private property so there's that but there's also mm-hmm. one feature which i can't get into detail about because it would give it right away that makes yeah, it yeah. particularly dangerous I would feel awful if somebody went out there at night and hurt or killed themselves. Yeah. That yeah. would not be a good thing for me. So that's that's the other reason I, you know, I kind of like those two reasons. Like, oh, I'll just, you know, kind of give it a code name for now. No, that that makes it's being responsible. 
<laughs> that's good. But she she's had experiences at the house she grew up in. I she hasn't really I don't recall them at the moment, but she said that she's had um just odd experiences with like a ghost or an entity or something that's in the house. And she thinks that it followed us here to our house. Um, now, whether or not it's the same entity or not, we've had like a decent amount of poltergeist activity in our house. Mm-hmm. And it's usually, there was one time where some cupboards were open. No one copped to opening up all the cupboards, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could have been a prank, whatever. But we've all heard, there's three of us that live in the house right now, and we've all heard uh, at various times, either we're all together or at separate times, something crashing in the house something very loud and it sounds like it's coming from like the second floor like glass like a shelf falling over mm-hmm. with just tons of knickknacks and books in it it sounds like it falls over on this in the second floor while we're on the first floor and every time it happens we run around the whole house to find something that's falling over and nothing has fallen over maybe that's not technically poltergeist because it's we see nothing physically upset but we hear it. No, yeah, we get things like that. I mean, we get reports of things like that a lot. Yeah. So that that happens. I want to say maybe once a year that'll happen, maybe twice a year, and it's just it. I mean, it, we're not really freaked out about it. It's just like yeah, that happened. You know, maybe something fell this time. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But once it happened a few times over, that's uh, my fiance. That's when she was like, "I'm pretty sure this is the same thing that I grew up with." Interesting. It's, yeah. Well, one of my theories is that houses aren't necessarily haunted, but people are. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd buy that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd buy that for sure. I mean, uh, houses can be also, but I, I think sometimes it's it's the people that are haunted. When I talk to somebody and they're like, yeah, I had something happen in this house, and then I moved, and I had something happen in that house. That house was haunted, too, and then I moved in this apartment, and this apartment <laughs> was haunted. And now I moved in this place, and that's haunted. I'm like, well, maybe it's not these places that are haunted. Maybe it's you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever considered that? Yeah, I mean, the common denominator is often. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look in the mirror. Um, no, don't look in the mirror. <laughs> but yeah, had fair share of just weird experiences. I actually listen a lot to, um, I listen to the Sasquatch Chronicles quite mm-hmm. a bit. I just love those stories so oh, much. Yeah. Just, it's, it's just, it's fascinating. Such a great show. Yeah. And I, I love that it goes from the like flesh and blood realm those stories to like just the totally out there mm-hmm. and listen to it enough that i've been meaning to go out to different places just to record things just to get some audio recordings and the only place i made it out to was this um my fiance's uncle he owns this little mountain in west virginia and he's just mentioned to her that he's I think she mentioned to him that I'm interested in this kind of stuff. And uh, then he told her that he's had some odd things happen. He's heard like wood knocks and I don't know if he's heard whoops, but he's heard definitely wood knocks and just strange occurrences on his land. So we went out there, uh, I want to say sometime last year, last fall, and just camped up on his hill on the top of the mountain. It's pretty out there. Uh, I set up my recorder and just got like owls and coyotes, nothing that is wasn't um, identifiable. Mm-hmm. But it was still just a fun camping trip. But before I left, um, there was a I, I brought this massive tiger's eye rock that was polished. I got it at some flea market, 
it was it's the biggest tigers I I've, I've ever seen. But uh, I left that there. I guess that's gifting, mm-hmm. just to see what would happen. And then we hadn't made it back there in a while. We have yet to go back actually since then. But not too long ago, maybe uh, it was maybe like a month and a half ago, two months ago, he called us telling us that he saw this white light that was coming from his mountain in the woods there, and it was just sitting in the woods, like well down below the tops of the trees. And from where he described it, it sounds very similar to where I left that rock. Um, I have yet to confirm it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, you know, if you know, I, you know, we have to make a trip out there and just hang out with him. But he said that the whole time that light was hanging out there, the uh, automatic porch lights uh, were on for the duration that that light was there. You know, the motion sensor the motion lights. Sensor. Oh, neat. That's yes. interesting. The motion yeah. sensor lights were just on the whole time. And he says they're, you know, they just like... Yeah, they just stayed on the entire time while this white light was just stationary up in the mountain there, just illuminating the area. And he took a few he took a few photos of it and I was like, Okay, send me a photo and he sent me a photo that he's he zoomed in all the way that I just saw some pixels. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't make heads or tail of this. Like that's, you know? <laughs> it's the same thing with those lights you know? at site seven. We I photographed them several times and they're so unimpressive I stopped even doing that because it's just like yeah. they just look like little lights in the you can't tell anything yeah it's like it's so less impressive yeah yeah exactly people are like is that it yeah it's like exactly yeah yeah. there no you had to see it so we still have we have to make a trip out there and see Um, yeah i I mean sometimes it takes you know multiple visits before anything goes down mm -hmm. gifting is i've found an incredibly effective way to kick things off i always tell people don't gift food yeah but uh you know natural things i don't do plastic and stuff either you know yeah like, like stuff mm-hmm. that's you know environmentally sound and and not food like you did a stone is perfect things like that and uh it, you'd be amazed it it gets results you know uh, that's crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> very very interesting well, kenny thank you so much for sharing your stories yeah. with us keep in yeah. touch if any more giant shadows hang out in your corner let us know Sounds good. Thanks for having me. We've got no curiosity of the week this week, but I do want to remind everybody to check out our Etsy shop. Our shop name is Lost Grave. But if you type in Strange Familiars at Etsy, you should see our stuff come up. Over at Etsy, we have... All of my books, we've got Strange Familiars t-shirts, glow-in-the-dark and regular, Strange Familiars patches, stickers, artwork, originals, and prints. Allison has antique photographs up there. We've got plenty of our curiosities of the week from previous weeks and much more. Go ahead and check it out. There's always a link in the show notes to our Etsy shop. But again, if you go to Etsy, our shop name is Lost Grave, or just type in Strange Familiars. And I want to remind everybody about The Flowered Path. It's an additional podcast I do about saints, miracles, and mystics. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. If you could give us a like and a follow, subscribe on YouTube, and everywhere else you listen, that would help out that new venture as well. All right, that's it for this week. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars.
Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. There's a Facebook group there, the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. You can join that there. We are on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, and you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.